Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Tottenstown. Welcome to the Tottenstown podcast, your Tennessee Titans podcast for the Pigskin Podcast Network. My name is Tanner Staggs, and joining me, as always, my brother Tyler Staggs. For this episode, we've got the Titans and Texans game reaction, so going to be kind of a depressing one. Um, not a good game, a 22 to 13 loss at home for the Titans. But before we get into all of that, Tyler, go ahead and tell everyone how they can support the show. Man, it's hard to even do this right now. (laughs) Still thinking back to this loss, but everyone, if you want to support the show, make sure you go check out our merch, hoodies, shirts, phone cases, stickers, all kinds of cool stuff. All you have to do is go to titans-time.my shopify.com slash collections slash all we would really appreciate it if you go check all that out if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast whether it be on spotify apple podcast or whatever platform make sure you're following us on there leave us a five-star rating leave us some comments questions we love that interaction if you're watching on youtube make sure you scroll down if that subscribe button is red click it turn it gray guys I haven't really said this in a while, but our goal before the end of the year was to reach 800 to 1,000 subscribers. We we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> we, we really do. We're sitting at 441 right now. So again, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. We really appreciate it. Turn on the post notifications so you never miss when we upload a video. Yes, this is going to be probably a depressing episode, but if you like the video, leave a like on the video. Share the video with other football fans, Texans fans. You can talk your shit (laughs) for for this one because, I mean, your team got the win. And leave us a comment on the video. Let us know your thoughts on the game, what you thought went wrong. And, yeah. Also, make sure you're following us on social media, the ones that we're most active on, on Twitter, Titans underscore time, Facebook, Titans time, and Instagram, Titans Time Podcast, and that leads us into talking about this game. Uh, the Texans improve to two and eight. Titans fall to eight and three. The bye week, the yeah, the bye week cannot come fast enough because things are looking terrible and for the Titans. Injuries and just flat looking not ready to play. 
and mistakes, ugly games, um, Ryan Tannehill not playing good at all. I mean, does that pretty much sum it up? And facing a tough Patriots team before the bye week. That is a team that just does things the right way, and you don't catch a mega mistakes very often. They're going to have to be – Titans are going to have to be on their A game this next week. But usually that's how it goes. We suffer an embarrassing loss and then rebound and just show up the next team that we play. Yeah, I mean, and I guess part of preparing for the next game, I mean, we've got to look at what went wrong here. Um, well, I'll I'll tell you just right away what went wrong. If you, If I did not tell you the final score to this game, but I told you that the Titans – outgained the Texans 420 yards to 190 yards. Just think about this. My bold prediction for this game was that the Titans' defense was going to hold the Texans' offense to under 180 total yards. My bold prediction almost come true. But if I told you those stats right there, who would you say won this game? I mean, it's obvious that it tilts towards the Titans. But... The other glaring number that completely changes that around is the Titans' five turnovers this game, Texans' zero. They took care of the ball, and I believe it was – I need to find it here right quick. And four of those turnovers coming from Ryan Tannehill, or did he also have a fumble? The fumble was – Chester Rogers, right? Oh yeah, waiting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Waiting How for did a I punt. That? Yeah, we'll we'll dive into that. But I wanted to touch on this. Uh, Austin Stanley sent this tweet out. The Titans' defense held the Texans to a total of seven yards and zero first downs on their last six possessions. The Texans had thirteen points of their twenty-two off of turnovers, and only gained. One total yard on those scores. So, without the five turnovers, we we wouldn't even be talking about this because the Titans' defense was the Titans' defense was great. The if I can take a positive away from this game, it is how the Titans' defense played because they gave even with the Titans' offense having five turnovers. Our defense gave them chance after chance after chance to put this game away, and the offense just couldn't get it done. I mean, there there is a number of reasons for this. I mean, you can chalk it up to injuries. You can chalk it up to just having guys in there that are honestly practice squad players, and a lot of it, falls on the shoulders of Ryan Tannehill. Because I, I want to say this, Ryan Tannehill, I thought coming you know, immediately after the Derrick Henry injury, I said it, it's time to start throwing the ball more. It's time to see if Ryan Tannehill can be that guy that can lead this team without a bell cow running back, you know? It's it, it, you got you have to give him that chance, and I thought that the results were going to be completely flipped, but it's still as important of a lesson as ever because now you know that he is not that guy. Okay, so 
if we would have recorded this Sunday night or even yesterday, Monday night, I would have been agreeing with you 100% because I was pissed off at Ryan Tannehill's play. By no means am I saying that he played a great game. I actually got a video of the first interception that he threw because they were coming down towards our seats. thought, hey, going to take a chance. Video tight and scoring here. All's going to be good. Before he even took the snap, he had decided he was going to A.J. Brown on that. He was going to try and force feed the ball. Because Chester and, Rogers, if correct me if I'm wrong, he was open. I went back and looked. Chester Rogers was not open yet. He was coming across the middle and would have been in between two linebackers, but he was still continuing his route. If Tannehill would have threw it to him, he probably would have got his head taken off. <laughs> I mean, as just, long as he catches it. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It would have been hard for him to catch it. But going back and looking at the video that I got, Des Fitzpatrick had come in motion, and Tannehill would have had much better odds of throwing it to him towards the front pylon or just into the end zone because I think he had the corner beat. The corner was kind of focusing down on AJ some. I think he would have had a chance with Des Fitzpatrick. Worst case scenario, it would have got broken up because Des would have had to have made a play one-on-one with the guy. Also going back and watching just the condensed version of the game, didn't get all the way back through it, now, this is kind of, you know, if and buts, all that. Anthony Ferkser to Tannehill's right, if he would have turned and looked. And this is where it kind of gets iffy. The cornerback stayed down. He could have had Ferkser on the right side in the end zone. But going back and watching it, you know, that corner kind of let up on Garden Ferkser whenever Tannehill started his throwing motion to AJ. But... Either way, I would have liked those odds a lot better than trying to force it to AJ because while I'm sitting here recording this, I'm watching. I see Tannehill lock on AJ, and I see the linebacker drop back, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, don't, yeah, because, do I mean, not. And it that was, play was perfectly telegraphed from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I, I text you right after that. I said, that is the easiest interception probably of that linebacker's career because he telegraphed it the whole way. Like, he knew where it was going. Yeah, I mean, there were satellite images in outer space that knew he was going to A.J. Brown right there and nowhere else. So, yeah, it, exactly. It, I, I don't know. I I think still that he has shown through these – how many – has it three games since then? Three games. Um, yeah. But I think he's shown that he's not capable of doing it by himself without a – powerful running back leading the charge and setting up play action well not necessarily just setting up play action but you do have to take into account everything that's going on our offensive line has pretty much been a revolving door of new guys in and out throughout the game then you have our receivers who are basically the same way like we can't we can't keep them healthy I felt like going into this game and we even talked about it I said, you're going up against the 31st-ranked rush defense. Run the ball down their throat. And we've seen some good runs from the Titans. Yeah, Hilliard was having a good game. Uh, Even 
Foreman, they didn't even use him much. They didn't use him much. He was being effective. Peterson had some good runs. Peterson had some great runs. There was a stretch where he was really effective. But I will say, the toss play to him where he fumbled the ball and luckily jumped on it, going back and watching that, if he would have been able to tuck that ball, it probably would have been another first down. Not saying he would have been gone, but he had some room to work. But you had Peterson who had nine carries for 40 yards, so averaging over four yards a carry. Hilliard who had seven carries for 35, averaging five yards a carry. And Foreman who had seven for 25, so averaging 3.6 yards. Those are all either average or above average numbers. Yeah, like 3.6 is on the line, but then five and four, those are above average numbers. Like you can't ask for anything better than that count Ryan Tannehill's two runs, you're looking at 23 carries. We have kind of disagreed on this, on what the Titans offense need to look like without Henry. Going against a run defense like the Texans that's ranked 31st in the league. In the rain. In the rain. In the the rain. The Titans should have, their running backs should have ran the ball anywhere from I'm going to say 35 to 40 times. Weather and matchup considered, it should have been in the 30s. And I know that the Titans were down, so they had to throw a little bit more. But Ryan Tannehill should not have had to throw them the ball 52 times. If they would have played better from the beginning, it it wouldn't have ma- they wouldn't have been in that situation where they had to throw more. And I'm not going to put every interception on Tannehill because there were a couple where I've seen people talking about it, Des Fitzpatrick ran the wrong route a couple times. He either ran the wrong route or he stopped on the route. And you can see Tannehill talking to him about it on the sidelines like, hey, you know, this is what I thought you were doing. Don't know what happened. So there were a couple of those. But I did see where someone put a screenshot today. I think it was one of Tannehill's interceptions. He had Hilliard. It was a third and four. He had him right in front of him, no one around him, easily could have picked up the first down and no telling how much more. And he just, he didn't look there. And honestly, there was probably three or four more passes that were either tipped off of someone's hands or something else that could have been picked off by the Texans and they just dropped it. Yeah, I mean, all in all, this was a poor game all around. I mean, the offense as a whole from play calling all the way down to Des Fitzpatrick who just recently got added to the active roster like it all the way down it was just bad and I mean part of those uh like the plays where Des Fitzpatrick did not run the right route that's just a byproduct of half of your initial team being on IR well, that, but also these guys are paid for when they get called up to be ready. They should know the playbook. And, and you know who would have known the playbook? You know who would not have made those mistakes? Probably not quite as athletic, definitely doesn't have the size, but well, would on. have made Let me ask those. You this. Have you been watching Titans Rossi's channel? No, I, ha- I haven't. You need to be, because I think I know where you're going with this. But go ahead and let me hear it. 
Mason Kinsey would not be – that is a guy that you know you can put in there and he's going – he may not be running an effective enough route to get open, but it's going to be the right route. And that's what you need when half your team is injured. You don't need guys that you're going to have to go back onto the sideline and tell them, hey, you were supposed to run this route. When you have guys that are practice squad level – performance players they need to at least be guys that are going to be in the right spots because you can make up for being in the wrong spot with good enough talent and you can make up for a lack of talent with being in the right spot but if you have neither of those things that are in your favor it's not going to work well and the reason i brought up titan drossy he's made that same point i gave him credit for breaking the Henry news about how Henry's recovery, it's healing better than the doctors thought, how he could possibly be back before the end of the regular season. You know, he has a source for that. I'm going to trust Rossi here. He said that he has another source. Can't get hit, can't get into who the source is. But, you know, maybe Dez isn't studying the playbook as hard as he should be. But someone who is is going to be Mason Kinsey. Like you said, he's going to know the playbook. And I'm not saying that you even have some of the top receivers who sometimes they just mess up a route. It's something something gets audible. They, things get mi- mixed up. They end up running the wrong route. It, it happens. But when it happens over and over, you, you're a guy who's been called up from the practice squad. You have to be ready to go when you get out there. And I'm going to say one of Desmond King's interceptions that he had, the one where he was down at the one-yard line, Des Fitzpatrick, I've, surely he could have done more there to try and prevent that. Granted, King was in perfect position to turn around and just catch that ball and fall with it. But if you're a receiver, you got to try and do more there to either make sure that's incomplete or get your hands on it and catch it. I do want to give Des props. He got his first NFL touchdown. Yeah. And it was pretty good route and a good catch. And he did make some other tough catches with guys on him to convert first downs. Yeah, I mean, he's extremely, but, extremely talented. But you have to know what you're doing out there. You can't hang your quarterback out to dry. And again, still putting blame on Tannehill. Oh, I'm for not, sure. 100%. I, I'm not saying that he gets out of this game without any blame. He he deserves blame, but this was just all around for the offense, not a good performance. We still had some drops from AJ. I do hope AJ's okay. Something going on with his ribs. I haven't got to look at the injury report from practice today uh, to see what his status is, but I know like the x-rays didn't show any broken ribs or anything like that. But that really changed the game because you had Marcus Johnson go out with a hamstring injury and harping on him for a minute. One of the kickoff returns that he had goes to catch it and it bounces off of his chest and almost another disastrous play. He picks it up and somehow at least gets back to the 20 with it. But then it was the pass where Ryan Tannehill was trying to hit him in the end zone I honestly think if he has hadn't have tweaked his hamstring, he possibly could have made a play on it. But it was kind of like a bang-bang thing where 
the ball may have just been a little bit overthrown and him stretching for it is maybe what caused his hamstring to get tweaked. But you could see as soon as like he came back down, like he was limping and went to the sidelines. And then, of course, like I said, A.J. taking that shot. He had already hurt his hand earlier in the game. Just that that didn't help us any. But credit to NWI for having his first 100-yard receiving day. Yeah, and it was, a, it was a great game for him. And I have two things, and staying on the, the topic of NWI for right now, he is going to become increasingly important over these next couple of weeks. I mean, crucial. And he is one of those guys – I, I have a feeling that is much like Mason Kinsey, where I think he is he's one of the most reliable guys that, which for most of this season, if not all of this season, he's been on the active roster. But he was kind of that first practice squad guy that I guess going back to last year, he was mostly practice squad. But um, he's kind of that first guy from that lower tier of wide receivers that gets that call up. And I think part of that is the fact that he knows the playbook. He plays good on special teams. He's one of those guys, just like Mason Kinsey, that does the little things right. And now he's getting a chance to step up and, you know, do the the big stuff. Yeah. So now, granted, do wish he had a little bit more top end speed because that bomb he caught across the middle for forty six yards. If he had more speed, he could have been. <laughs> well, you can't pick and choose because, I mean, if he had the special teams and he had the, you know, he has the the motivation to, I mean, you can tell. He doesn't make just a ton of mistakes. He knows the playbook. He knows where he's supposed to be. If you add the athleticism of a A.J. Brown or a D.K. Mack or even just anyone that is playing as a top wide receiver in the NFL right now, then, you know, he would be a top receiver. But – so, you you know, you can't pick and choose there. Like, <laughs> hey, I want to – I guess a better thing to say is you can't have your cake and eat it too. Well, I am I am going to say I was very happy to see that long play to him. I mean, it perfect throw, good route by him. You know, do wish he could have housed it. But an, another guy I want to hit on, Anthony Ferkser. I don't know what's going on with him this year, but he has not – I don't think he up. was ready to step up into that. I mean, his highlight in one role. His highlight of this game was, was recovering a fumble, recovering a fumble for a touchdown. Uh, so yeah, do also want to give credit to uh, Foreman for channeling his inner Derrick Henry on one of his runs. Had a stiff arm, but I, I think it was uh, Tyler Rowland with Locked On Titans podcast that. He broke down this clip, and he said, you know, he channeled his inner Derrick Henry, but if this would have been the king, he probably would have housed <laughs> this run. And, and it's true. He he probably would have. But, you know, it is what it is. Before we talk too much more about the game, we need to get into our best bets segment presented by DraftKings. Yeah, and I mean, Thanksgiving is coming up, and there's – a lot of things to be thankful for. One of those things I have to say, the food is free bets. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course you over here. Uh, hey, uh, you know, <laughs> gotta eat. Uh, but I mean, DraftKings and their free bets. I mean, that's one thing that you can be thankful for and that you can count on coming up on Thanksgiving. 
Um, they've got a what they're calling a turkey day no-brainer that you cannot miss. New customers can bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. If the sports book is not available in your state yet, you can still get in on the Thanksgiving action. Make your first deposit, and you can play for free for millions with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. All you got to do is use promo code TPPN, and that is either on the DFS side of DraftKings or on the sportsbook side of DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this Thanksgiving at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And there's a reason why we always tell everyone this is not betting advice. And Bring it on. Bring it on. That would be because I didn't hit on either one of my bets that I picked <laughs> for this week because... Again, I was banking on the Titans coming in with the game plan of we're facing a terrible run defense, one of the worst in the league. We are going to have a field day. We are going to let Foreman run all over his for- former team. You know, Peterson's going to get some uh, close touches to the end zone. Tannehill will be able to run that read option. And we didn't see Tannehill keep it much on that read option. I do not understand why because there were a couple of uh, run a couple of times when they ran it where I'm like Tannehill could have pulled that and easily had 10 15 yards so my two I said that Tannehill was going to have over 13 and a half rushing yards and I also said went with the same game parlay having both Foreman and Adrian Peterson as anytime touchdown scores yeah um wrong there yeah big time um and i had over 44 and a half points and also Tannehill over 239 and a half passing he, yards and he did hit that um, he, he did <laughs> he he did hit that so that brings me to five out of 18 and i'm still eight out of 18 eight out of 18 so i'm not too terribly far behind you it, I, you're not but I got. I really felt confident in these bets heading into uh, that game. Well, in a typical, the way this game should have went, you know, you had a good shot. But we know against these, uh, what do you say, not so good teams, you can't really count on the Titans to do what they should do. And that is honestly the scary thing going forward because the Titans have one of the or have the easiest strength of schedule going forward. So they could and completely bomb this thing. <laughs> so, you know, we're looking at this Titans easily getting that number one seed in the AFC and now we're like, huh. And what's not great is that you have the Colts that are playing really good right now. I I'm not gonna put. Don't don't even I, I'm don't not, even look. I, the I, MVP. No, I've the already been, MVP. I, I've already been going back and forth with Colts fans today on Twitter about this because, and 
just the way the argument went back and forth, I all I was doing was making a statement about how when before Derrick Henry got injured, he was on pace for another 2,000-yard season. He was on pace for over 20 touchdowns this season. And it was still every week the national media was trying to find a way to say he is not the MVP of the league. Just that's that's how it was. And now Jonathan Taylor starts putting together these good stretches of games. And don't get me wrong, I gave Taylor his credit. He is a very good running back. He is. But you cannot tell me that what he is doing right now, like there's no reason he should win the MVP when, and I'm not even going to compare it to last year because that's that's last year. But I made the comment of since he plays in Indy, there's a very good chance they will give it to him because that's a little bit bigger of a market. And I said, that's okay. Derrick Henry's going to come back. He has bigger goals in mind. He's going to lead the Titans to holding up the Lombardi Trophy, and he's going to get the title of Super Bowl MV King. And the Colts fans wanted to come back. You think you're getting there with Tannehill. I didn't mention Tannehill in my statement there. So I'm going back and forth. Yes, we will get there with Tannehill because when Derrick Henry comes back, this offense is completely different. This offense looks so much better. That's one thing I think we can agree upon from the last three weeks, even though the Titans are two and three or two and one through that stretch. Derrick Henry makes this offense better. Yeah. Uh, yeah Th- this definitely. offense looks so much better. And they just they want to go back and forth with me on that. And I'm like, y'all are acting like that Wentz is going to get y'all there and telling me, you know, Titans fans are so obsessed with comparing themselves to the Colts. I'm like, I'm I'm not comparing anything because I did bring up it. You know, I seen it was a Colts fan that commented on it. Since he made a comment about you know Tannehill won't be able to, we won't be able to win a Super Bowl with him. Like, hey, you know, what's the Colts record against the Titans this year? It's zero and two, right? They're like, how does that uh, equate to a Super Bowl win? It, it doesn't, but it makes it a hell of a lot easier for them to win the AFC South and actually be in the playoffs. Then another guy got involved, saying Wentz, 18 touchdowns to three interceptions is better than 13 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Like, yeah, that's right, but first place in the AFC South is better than second place in the AFC South. First place in the AFC is better than ninth place in the AFC because you're not even in the playoffs yet. And you know, just <laughs> did you did you, did you work today? I did. <laughs> it went slow day at the office, but I'm I'm telling they had me fired up, and I just finally had to stop responding because I'm like they're they're not going to get this because they wanted to change it from my original point, and I kept trying to go back to it when Derek Henry gets back, and one of them even commented, "That's not going to matter because teams will stack the box and make them throw." That's the biggest difference. Right now, teams are not stacking the boxes. If we have some type of wide receiver group, something that's not 
Just we pieces sh- from practice squad. By the time the playoffs get here, we should be healthy. We should have AJ ready to go, Julio ready to go, Henry ready to go. And like I said, the biggest difference, teams are not stacking the boxes to stop our run right now, which means Tannehill is having to throw against, you know, seven, eight, nine guys being dropped back. Maybe not nine. But either way, you get what I'm saying. More guys are dropped back versus when Derrick Henry's out there and you have to stack that box, that's where the Titans are fixing to thrive because they're going to hit you with that play action and they're going to hurt you with it because your guys are going to come up to respect Derrick Henry and our receivers are going to be open. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you there. Um, the the biggest thing, like, for the rest of this season, you just need to piece together a couple wins over the next couple of weeks. Don't necessarily rush Derrick Henry back as long as you're in a good spot to still win the AFC South. And then, you know, just be ready and be healthy for the playoffs and these guys that have missed time, make sure that, you know, they have enough time to get back right, back in the groove of things. Um, and that doesn't necessarily have to be in a game. Um, I think that having enough time to work back Derrick Henry into some practices leading up to his first game coming back is going to be huge. Same thing with Julio, if there's going to be a chance for him to come back. Um, and anyone else? Honestly. I'm going to say that Julio will be back after the bye week. Yeah, I would I, hope I so. I think there's a very good chance of that. And, and as long as you're not in a, a position where you have to like win out or something after the bye right. week, ease him back into things. Yeah, you know, but keep him limited here and there. Another guy we need back is Bud Dupree on the defense. Again, defense played great yesterday. Are some things they can improve on? Because I hit on this. I talked about Tyrod Taylor. He is a mobile quarterback. He can get out of the pocket and hurt you. And guess what? He got out of the pocket and hurt us. He he had their two touchdowns. He ran them in. It was easy for him. And it was because we lost contain on the edge. And I said that was something the Titans had to be very disciplined about is make sure they kept him contained. And in the pocket, get pressure up the middle and just don't let him get outside and hurt you with his legs. And sure enough, that that's where having Bud Dupree would have paid off because I think he would have been able to set that edge better and not let Taylor get out of the pocket. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, do you have anything else to add in before we close out the show? Um, trying to think. I... We never hit on Chester Rogers' punt. Richard. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily too – okay, let me just say. I mean, that just put him in – like they handed him a score there. It, it the, the biggest thing is you either call for a fair catch – Or get and, out and catch of the it. way. Yes, or get out of the way. I, to an extent, I can understand wanting to turn around and block the guy – to try and let it bounce and go in the end zone right. and get you, you know, get that touchback. But I mean, situational awareness, you have to know I cannot do anything to hurt my team. And there was, you know, sometimes you see plays like this and you can kind of be like, no, that, that didn't touch it. You could oh, tell there was no question. like the ball 
as soon as it hit the ground and hit his heel, it stopped. Yeah. Like it was like it wedged yeah, between like, his foot and the ground. There there was no debating on whether or not he touched it. You knew that he did. And yeah. honestly, it, just, it was just unfortunate for him. Well, that was just that was the way the game was going for yeah. the Titans. Yeah. And again, credit to the Texans. They came in I want to say they came in ready to play. Um they came I mean, in ready to take advantage of mistakes. Yes, they they capitalized yeah. on mistakes yeah. that were made, which is the biggest difference. I think if you take two or three of the Titans' turnovers away, probably, I think, again, even if you only take two of them away, the Titans probably win this game. Yeah, I I, agree. I, I think so. But, you know, it... It's ifs and buts. You know, it, it it is what it is. We've got we got beat by the Texans. They now have two wins on the season. Both of them just happen to be division wins against the Jaguars and us, which stings. But and I said this to someone else: the year where we could have went six and zero in the division, the only team I saw possibly beating us was Indianapolis. Colts fans, if you are watching and made it this far, both of us picked that. We did pick Indy to beat the Titans one time. But, hey, we beat them both times, and I'm like, we're, we're going undefeated in the division. And I did then, say, now this wasn't on the show, but before our Texans preview, I did say to you, if the Titans lose a game for the rest of the season – I see it being to the Texans. Yeah, one of the two games. Like I, I am putting this loss on you for speaking that into existence. That, yeah, I know. That's what I'm going to do. I know. Um, I. <laughs> anyway, well, we've got we've aired it all out there. Go down in the comments if you made it this far in the show. Let us know your thoughts on the game. As I mentioned earlier, tell us who you think's to blame. What you think the Titans need to do to fix this. If you're nervous about our receivers going forward because we're going up to face a hot Patriots team this next week, and we've seen before what happens when we don't have A.J. or Julio out there, or even, you know, kind of now Marcus Johnson. You know, if we don't have them out there, our guys struggle to get open, and that was even when we had the King in the backfield. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward. So let us know if you're concerned any at all about that. Also, congrats to Hilliard for actually being signed to the Titans' active roster. Don't want to forget about that. But we're on to New England. And we'll be our game preview yeah. will come out later this week for that. Um, I was confident about that game going into uh, the season. Uh, well, yeah, just – Going into the season, knowing they had a rookie quarterback. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at this they're, point, uh, they're playing well. So They are. So I think that's all I got. Yeah. The, uh, thanks for watching this episode. Hope you all enjoyed it. Tune in at the end of the week for the game preview for the Patriots game. This has been Titans Time, and as always, tighten up.